All right, as we get ready for this Word of God, let's all remain standing as we get ready for this message. But I want to do something a little different. So I'm going to do something a little different. But this morning, just for this morning, I want all the men to stand on this side today, to sit on this side, and all the women on this side. We're going to split this church up. Come on, we're going to talk. I'm going to seriously talk to the men today. All right, all the men. Yeah, that's you too, Cheeto. Cheeto, come on, come on. Yeah, all the men. Ladies, you need a break from your man, right? I'm going to give it to you. All right, so I'm going to give you a break. Come on. Come on, all the men. Look, come on, come on. Look at this. I like this. This is... That's a scary side. That's a scary side. Oh, this is Old Testament style. Where the women were separated from the men. And Come on. But ladies, stand up. The men are the ones in reverence to the Word of God. Look at the ladies. We've got to pray for them. Come on. All right, ladies, give it up for all the men we have in our church. Look at them. Looking good. Looking good. All right. The Word of God, Judges chapter 13, verse 2 through 5. Talking to all the men. But ladies, I haven't forgotten you. So I'm letting you eavesdrop on our conversation. And men, don't worry. I'm going to get them later. Judges chapter 13, verse 2. The Word of God says, In those days... A man named Manoah from the tribe of Dan lived in the town of Zorah. His wife was unable to become pregnant, and they had no children. The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and said, Even though you have been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. So be careful, he said to his father, this future dad. Be careful. You must not drink wine or any alcoholic drink, nor eat any forbidden food. You will become pregnant, give birth to a son, and and his hair must never be cut. And notice what God said about this man named Samson. He will be, he will be dedicated to God. As a Nazarite from birth, and he will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. Now let's jump over to verse chapter 16, verse 20 through 21. And the word of God says, verse 20. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. And when he woke up, he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free. But he did not realize that the Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him, gouged his eyes, then took him to Gaza, where he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. And tonight, this morning, the title of today's message for all the men here today is we should be stronger than this. We should Be stronger than this. And I felt compelled to preach this word because I believe, men, that there is an attack of men, there is an attack on men today in our society and culture like there's never been before. And manhood is being threatened. And they're trying to define and redefine what it means to be a man. Where even the word masculinity is considered now toxic. And we see more and more men acting like women. We see men, I saw a man this week at the store carrying a purse. It's common now for men to be painting their fingernails. And if that's you, we're going to talk today. 
And if you go and watch a movie, it's amazing how the men are weak and the women are strong. They're the heroes and the, the men are the ones that are crying, scared, and don't know what to do. But God is calling men to come back. And men need to know what it means to be a man and how to be strong again. So to all my men here today, get your strength back. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we should be stronger than this. Men everywhere are defeated. Falling. Broken. Scared. Men have a responsibility to lead a godly life, to lead a godly home. Father, in today's world, this is becoming a battle. And I pray for this service today. As we preach to the men in this church, and as the women listen, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would bless this word and get our strength back. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, you guys can have a seat. You guys ready for a good word today? Come on, it's going to be a strong word today. Man, can you handle it? I know the ladies are like, give it to them, Pastor. Give it to them. And they will. For 40 years, Israel was being oppressed by the Philistines. And I want you to notice that the word oppressed, the Bible says that they were oppressed by this terrible enemy known as the Philistines. And the word oppressed in the Bible, it literally means to be weighed down. Have you ever feel like life is just weighing you down? And you have all these people that are being oppressed, they're weighed down. And the word oppressed can mean something physical, emotional, even mentally, to be weighed down. To be crushed. So whenever you read the word oppressed, it means that an enemy was taking advantage of you. It meant that because of this enemy's attack and they're in your life, you were either physically, emotional, mentally, or even spiritually being crushed on the daily. And ironically, the Bible says that the Philistines were being oppressed, were oppressing the people of God for 40 years by this terrible enemy. But see, but God had a plan to set them free. Because God doesn't want us living a life of oppression. And a lot of men carry oppression daily in their life. You have the pressure and the crushing pressure and mentally and emotionally and spiritually and even physically you are drained. You are tired. You feel like on every corner of your life you're being attacked and you have to survive. You have to be strong. People are counting on you. But what do you do when it feels like life is just oppressing you? And we have oppression, we have depression, and so many men right now are carrying a weight on them that they don't even know how much longer they can carry. But God had a plan. And God told a man named Manoah, who would be a future father, you're going to have a son. And his name shall be Samson. And Samson will grow up to be a man and a strong one at that. This is a man that will get a donkey's jawbone and slay over a thousand men with it. When the odds were a thousand to one, Samson did not care because he had the strong strength of the Spirit of God in him. This is a man that will tear down doors from palaces and kingdoms. This is a man who will fight wars by himself. This is a man who was a man's man. He was strong. He had fabio strength hair. He was long. It was flowing. And I pictured this man that was a picture of God's strength. And this is who God called. And God said, He will be strong because the Spirit of God will be upon him. And men, I want you to understand something. The Bible says that when we are weak, He is strong. He being the Holy Spirit. You have a spirit inside you that gives you the strength to do what you cannot do on your own. 
You have a strength within you, men, that can give you the strength to have a godly life, a godly family, a blessed marriage. You can be a man of strength and integrity and a sound mind. You can be a man that God has called because God says, I know you can't do it on your own. You need my spirit upon you to do what you cannot because if the spirit of God was not evident in the life of Samson, he would have been a man that was weak. And today we have a lot of weak men because we have lost spiritual men. And we have defined strength to mean muscles and beards and out in the woods and working hard and providing and putting food on the table. And all of that is great. All of that is sexy. But believe me, if you do all of that without the Spirit of God, your and your family and everything in your life you've been blessed with is at risk. Today we need more men that are Spirit-led. And God said, Samson... He will be a hero and he will rescue the people from the oppression of the enemy. God has given you the strength not to be oppressed. God has given you the strength to overcome sin. God has given you the strength to lead and live a godly life. God has given you the strength to have integrity. God has given you the strength to overcome evil. The Spirit of God dwells in you, men. And you can lead a life that honors God. And the Bible says he will be a savior, a hero to the people of Israel. Men, we need more heroes in this world. Your children need a hero because the devil is trying to get them. Your wife needs a hero because the devil is oppressing her. Men need to stand up and be the hero that God has given you the strength to be. But in the end of Samson's story, in the final chapter, we don't see a hero. We don't even see a strong man anymore. In the end of Samson's story, what we see is a man whose eyes have been gouged out by the enemy. He's lost vision. He's in chains. He's naked and ashamed in bondage to this prison, and all of the Philistines are there mocking him, the Bible says, laughing at him. What a picture of what's happening today in our culture. You see, we have an enemy that wants to oppress us. We have an enemy that wants to oppress you with sin. He wants to oppress you with anger. And a lot of you men have anger in you because of your past, because of what someone did or is currently doing. And men live with a hot temper, short fuse, whatever you want to decorate it as. It is called anger. And the Bible says it can lead you to sin. The devil wants to oppress you men with envy and look at other men's life and look at how they have, look at the car they have, the boat they have, the house they have and live a life with envy. A lot of men want to live with it. They have oppression of insecurity. Men are having this oppression and crushing this with lust that you can't even walk straight because the first glance at a woman in yoga pants, there you are looking and gazing. 
And pornography, the average man today indulges in pornography at least twice a month. And lust is oppressing us, taking over, and fear, I'm not good enough. What's going to happen? My anxiety, my worry. The devil wants to oppress you. And God has given you the strength through His Spirit to defeat that enemy that wants to oppress you. Don't ever tell yourself, men, I can't. Don't ever say this was a problem in my father and my father's father and my father's father's father. Don't ever denounce the power of God in your life. God has given you the strength to defeat the oppression that the enemy is trying to throw into your life. And here we see Samson, who had the strength, but in the end of his life, he has no vision, in chains, in prison, naked, and then he can only hear the voice of the enemy laughing. Men, do you see it? Men, close your eyes. What changed you right now? Depression? Insecurity? Sexuality? Sexual sin? Lust? Anger? Can you feel the chains on you? Can you feel the prison walls around you? Can you feel the nakedness of your shame? Your past? Have you lost vision? I can't see myself having a good life. I can't see myself having a strong marriage. I can't see myself overcoming my addiction. I can't see myself having a great future. You've lost vision. Man, can you hear the enemy laughing at you? Can you hear the sound of him saying right now, you should be stronger than this. You call yourself a Christian? Look at you. God hates you. God is mad at you. You are weak. You are pathetic. Ha, ha, ha. Look how I got you. Men, open your eyes. If you relate, then you know what Samson was going through. Samson's enemy. How does the devil do it? Remember, God had given him the strength. God had given him the strength to overcome the Philistines, but the Philistines are actually overcoming him. How is it that God has given you the strength to overcome evil, yet evil is overcoming you? How is it that you have the strength to live in victory, but yet you're not living in victory, you're in bondage? How does that happen? Man, let me tell you how this happens. The struggle is not only real. Amen? The struggle starts in secret. See, Samson, the first slip-up that Samson had was a prostitute in Gaza. But here's the ironic thing. See, Samson was in, he was an Israelite. He was supposed to be around God's territory, God's people. But you see how the enemy works. You're, you're not going to sin in front of the pastor. You're not going to sin in front of your church friends. You're, you're not going to sin in front of your children and in your, in front of your spouse. The devil says, I gotta get you alone. Man, don't ever be alone. Alone is where things happen. 
And Samson started saying, you know, I, I'm going to go to Gaza. And Gaza was a territory that belonged to the Philistines. And God said, do not even mingle with the surrounding nations. Don't even go there. Stay far away from Gaza. But see, the devil says, no, 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 just get close to it. Gaza is the border of the Philistine territory. See, the only thing the devil needs you to do is get close enough to the border. To that line before you cross it. And Samson had to have known this is wrong. Because had it not been wrong, he would not have done it at night alone and far away. You see, Gaza from Zorah, where he was from, was 210 miles away on foot. And men, don't you think that for a thing, well, I would never go through that. You will be surprised what you are willing to go through for sin. Gaza was 210 miles away. Let's put this into a perspective we can understand. Man, that's like walking from here to Orlando to get you some. Some sin. I just need to go get some sin. And he's walking all the way, 210 miles, because he knows that if the people of Israel see what I'm doing, I have a reputation to uphold. They think, they know that I'm strong. They know that the Spirit of God is on me. I've been called to be a hero, but they don't even know that I like Gaza. I like the women in Gaza. Gaza feels good. Gaza is fun. Gaza gives me pleasure. Gaza is a release for me. So let me just walk 210 miles to get to Gaza because I know that if I walk far enough, no one's going to find out. No one's going to know. And I wonder if that's how the devil's playing with you right now. That secretly you're doing things that no one knows you're doing. And you think you're getting away with it. And you think it's not going to catch you or catch up to you or destroy you or destroy your family. But notice that every sin that starts in secret, the Bible says, I bring to light. And the pressure that Samson felt was that I need to go to Gaza to live in sin, but when I'm in Israel, everyone has to see that I'm strong and spiritual. And this is the battle that every man has. We have to look the part, but not be the part. We have to look spiritual, but not be spiritual. We have to look like we're strong and have a strong family and have a strong relationship with God and everything is perfect on the outside, but no one knew that on the inside, Samson already was playing football with the devil and he was already getting close to the border of sin and he was doing things that secret doing things at night doing things alone given the appearance of godliness while he was playing with the devil and that is the story of the downfall of so many men today let me just get far enough where no one sees and I just need to look strong as long as I pay the bills and provide for the family and go to church, I'm strong spiritually, I'm strong on the outside. But I wonder as I wonder, men, what is your Gaza today? That sin that gets you far from God. Far from where you don't belong. Is it money? Is it sex? Is it lust? Is it pride? Is it a wrong relationship? It's just something that you know that in order for me to do this, I have to be far away from God. As long as for me to do this, I have to make sure my spouse doesn't find out. As long as I have to do this, the kids can never know. If you have to talk like that, where you're at is not where you need to be. But there was Samson. A Gaza. And that's when the enemy said, what's he doing here? Wait a minute. We've been trying to figure out a way to get this man. And here he is just coming to us. This is easy. Men, 
Don't make it easy for the devil. Don't make it easy for the devil to ruin your life. Don't make it easy for the devil to ruin your marriage, your reputation, your children, your life, everything God wants to bless you with. A lot of us are dumb like Samson. We just go to the devil. The devil doesn't go to us anymore. In Judges 16.5, look at the strategy and how the enemy was working in Samson's life. Notice these words. The rulers of the Philistines, the enemy, went to her. It always starts with a her, amen? And said, see if you can what? Lure. Let's stop there. Gabby, hold that verse. See if you can lure. Come on, how many fishermen do I have? Come on. You go to this church, you fish. Lure. That's the first step. Samson loves women. Let's put a woman as the lure. Let's put her as the lure. A lure is a trap. A lure is deceitful. A lure gives the appearance of something that it's not. That's how the devil disguises sin. He disguises it as fun. He disguises it as innocent. He's disguising it as something that won't harm you. And he uses it to attract you. Samson did not just fall into chains and in prison. No, it started, men, with a lure. Ladies, you have lures too. Don't be nodding your heads. It started with a lure. See, when we go fishing, guys, I love fishing with Anthony. He has a box of lures. And he's switching all day. Switching lures. Because he's trying to find out the one. Which is the one lure that I can use to get all these fish. Because every fish bites a different type of lure. And all the men, we have a bite to us. There's a particular lure that attracts us. That lure can be sex, it can be women like Samson, it can be money, pride, it can be power, pleasure, possessions, but we all have something that can lure us. And here's the thing about a lure, you have to tie it to almost an invisible line. Why? Because you have to convince the fish there are no strings attached. Nothing's going to happen. So the enemy said, "Let, let me lure him. And men feel the lure. Just look at it once. Just click on it once. Just go and have lunch with her once. Just, and it's a lure. See if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can what? Overpower. You see, the devil can't just overpower you. He first has to lure you. And if you want to avoid the devil overpowering you, you better know what your lure is. You better know what your weakness is. You better know what you better stay away from. You better know the things that are shining that cut you to go near it. You better know how the devil wants to lure you. And let's see if we can overpower him so that we may tie him up and subdue. That's the final mission. Subdue. The word subdue in the Hebrew is a word that literally means to be under control. Man, the devil wants to control your life. And the way that he controls and subdues you is he has to overpower you. But he can't overpower you because you have the Spirit of God in you giving you strength. But he knows that if he can lure you away from God, you're an easy catch. He just has to lure you. Come on, don't go to church. Work more. Don't read your Bible. Just relax. Just lure get Lure him. See, all of us men, we have a lure. And it's sad because so many men are subdued right now. 
Something is controlling you. That's not God. And you may be controlled by sin, anger, depression. And what's so terrifying about Samson is all of this happened in private. The shame that you see in Samson's life when he was naked and in chains and blind in front of everyone, that public shame started with a private struggle. That's why the public destruction of your life, the public shame of your family, the public is always starts in private. Do you think that the shame that a politician feels in public for his scandal Do you not know, man, that that first started in private? The destruction of a pastor in the church starts in private. The public destruction and shame of your life will occur because of a private struggle you failed to overcome. Let me put it simple, man. The devil wants to rule your private life. Man, can I get a real amen? Amen. Your private life. Behind closed doors. Behind the screen. When no one's watching. In every man, every family, every marriage, every home that is destroyed in public is because of failures Committed in private. Ladies, you're listening. You have a private life too. Like Samson. Samson had the strength. From God. To overcome the Philistines. Men, I want to tell you today, this morning, this Father's Day. Men, fathers, Future fathers, you have the strength of God to win not only in your public life, but in your private life. You have the strength to overcome the enemy. You have the strength to be a great husband. God has given you the strength to have a strong marriage. To be a strong father. To raise strong, godly children so that your public life matches your private life. See, what's happening to men today is that there is a battle with hypocrisy. Samson was a hypocrite because in public he was displaying himself to be strong spiritually in the Lord, but in private he was sleeping around and living in sexual sin. And today a lot of men are struggling with this because on the outside you want to appear to be strong and okay, but your private life says something different. But God can give you a strength. God can give you the strength to have integrity. Integrity is being on the outside who you are on the inside. So if anyone would look into your private life, they will know that who you are in private is what they see in public. But today we have lost integrity. Today who we pretend to be is not who we really are. And that was the struggle of Samson. If Samson would have concerned himself more in his private life than he was in his public life, Delilah could never have gotten him. But Samson didn't even realize that God had given him the strength to overcome the enemy that was already overcoming him. He was called to rescue them. But in the end, he needed to be rescued. That's so embarrassing. 
That's such a shame that the man that was called to be a savior needed saving. The man that was called to be a hero needed a hero. The man that was called to rescue needed to be rescued. And we have too many men today that need to be rescued when God has called you to be the rescuer of your life and your family and your children. But God has to spend too much time on you because you're doing things you know as a man you shouldn't be doing. He's defeated. He's weak. He's falling apart. And he wasn't the leader and the hero that he was called to be. And I've been a pastor too long to see that the story of many men that I've had in this church are just that. Men that are not the leaders they need to be. Men that are not the heroes they're called to be. Men that are not the men God has given them the strength to become. So as I was praying and looking at this, I said, Lord, what's Samson's problem? Who gets the blame? Of Samson's downfall. Come on, man. What's her name? No, you got to say it right. Delilah. It rolls off the tongue. Delilah gets the blame. Delilah is the evil one. Delilah is the wrecker. And Samson's problem, oh yeah, Samson, his problem was Delilah. His problem was lust. His problem was sexual immorality. No, it wasn't. Can I tell you what Samson's number one problem was, men? And ladies, will you listen as well? Look at Judges 16, 4 through 5. Since the beginning of time, men have been dumb. Sometime later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah. His problem was not Delilah. But, oh, well, Pastor, it says there that it was. No, it's not. The Bible says he fell in love. He fell in love. Come on, man, say that with me. He loved her. Come on, church, help the men out. Let's all say it together. He loved her. He loved, now let's really put this together, man. He loved the very thing that was oppressing them. She was a Philistine. The Philistines were oppressing them for 40 years. But Samson loved the very thing that was oppressing him. Samson loved the very people that was destroying them. Samson was in bed with the very woman that was the reason for the oppression of Israel for 40 years. He loved her. And I, I looked at this and I said, how can you love her? How could you not? How many of us love the sin we should hate? It got quiet real quick. How many of you love the thing that you hate? You love the thing that you know is destroying your life. You love that sin that you know can break apart your marriage. You love that thing. I know it's wrong, but I love her. I know I shouldn't do it, but I love it. And you love the very enemy that God says, I've given you the strength to defeat. The Bible says men hate what is evil. You cannot expect evil to flee if you keep loving it. You cannot be free from a sin you choose not to hate. 
You have to hate the sin that oppresses you. You have to hate what it's doing to you. You have to hate how it's making you feel. But as long as you have a puppy love with sin, don't expect God to deliver you. And that's the problem with men today. We love our sin too much. It's evil, but we love it. You're going to bed with it. You're watching it. Because you love it. You taste it. Because you love it. Ask any alcoholic. They know it's bad for them. They know it's destroying their life. They know it's the reason they lost their family, their job. But why do they do it? Because they love it. Why can a man leave a woman he doesn't belong with? Because he loves her. Why do you do it? Because I love it. Why do you flirt? Because I love it. I love it, Pastor. I know it's wrong, but I love it. I know I shouldn't do it, but I love it. Pastors preached this wrong. We said, no, he wasn't in love, he was in lust. No, the Bible would have said that. He was in love. Here's the problem. Just because it's love doesn't mean it's right. Come on, that's good preaching, man. Just because it's love. Come on, give God praise. Just because it's love. What a stupid... This is Pride Month, right? Disgusting. Listen, love is love. Doesn't make it right. But I love her. I love him. He loves him. That doesn't matter. It might be love. It is wrong. Just because you love it or them doesn't mean it's right. The problem is that we love what is wrong. We love what God hates. And we hate what God loves. We love what's killing us. We love what's oppressing us physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. We love it. I know I'll ruin my marriage, but I love it, how it feels. I know it's going to ruin my life, but I love it. How many dumb choices have we as men committed because of love? If loving you is wrong, somehow finish it, then I don't want to be right. No, no, no. If loving you is wrong, then I'm going to run from it. If loving you is wrong, then I'm going to stay away from it. If loving you is wrong, I'm going to make sure that God protects me from it. Just because it's love doesn't mean it's right. Man, how many sin in your private life should you hate? But you love. The problem with Samson wasn't just that he loved Delilah. Samson's problem was that he had a type. Man, can we get real? I'm going to sit down for a minute. Come on. Ladies, you listen too. Samson had a type. All of us have a type. A type of sin. A type of person. A type of evil. You, you think that Samson's problem was Delilah? Delilah wasn't the first. She was number three. Third time's a charm. But Delilah went to Gaza to be with the prostitute. Then, then Samson went to Temna 
and married another Philistine woman. When that obviously didn't work out, he went back to Sorak and met Delilah. That's three women, all different, all different looks from a different place. They all have different personalities. What do they all have in common? All three of them were Philistines. Samson's problem wasn't that he just loved Delilah, he loved Philistine women. That even when his father said, of all the women of Israel, that's where you're going to go to find a wife, he said, yeah, dad, the Christian girls are boring. Those church girls are whack. I want to go out there to the streets. I want to have fun. I want to grow with experience. I, I really, and Samson didn't listen to his parents. He had a type. The devil knows your type. He knows the type of sin that's going to lure you away. He knows the type of sin that's going to make you weak. That's why you'll have one person struggling with one sin that another person has no struggle with. Because all of us here, ladies included, we all have a type. And the enemy knew that. Don't you think the devil knows your type? And I, I hear this all the time when I'm counseling single people. Oh, that's not my type. He's not my type of man. But then your type is the type that you don't need. You know, Pastor, I want, I want a woman that's Christian but not spiritual. What? Yeah, yeah, I want a woman that's Christian values, but I don't want her too spiritual because I need to have her at least come to church and the club sometimes, you know? Ladies, you, you, you want a thug, but you don't want a criminal. You know what I'm talking about, ladies? No? Stephanie, you know what I'm talking about? Anyone? I, I, I have a type. I have a type. I need her saved, but I need her in the street too. The devil says, I know your type. Your type is money. Your type is power. Your type is lust. Your type is greed. Your type is escapism. The devil is a matchmaker. I got the perfect one for you. You see, the devil knows how to lure you. Going back yesterday, I was at a tackle shop buying my father his gift. And I looked up at the wall at this old man's tackle shop. And I see all these beautiful bass mounted on the wall. Huge. And I started looking at them. This old crazy guy in the counter said, you like that? I said, oh man, that's beautiful. He said, oh yeah, that one's 30 years old. I still remember when I got that one. I use a top water for that one. What about that one? Oh, that one, I got him with a worm. What about that one? Oh, crazy. That one, I got him with a spoon. And I saw all these fish mounted on the wall. And for every fish, there was a story. And for every story, there was a lure. And for every lure, there was destruction. And I said, what if I went to the dead, the devil's bait shop? And I sit down at the devil's bait shop and I see all the men at forward fellowship on the wall, mounted. And I said, how'd you get him? Pornography. What about him? Flirtatious relationship at work. That one was easy. The little mini skirt is what I used. That's it. That sucker was gone. What about him? Oh, money. He always wanted more money, so I make sure I gave him plenty of overtime on Sunday. He missed church, never went to church, got used to not going to church, stopped praying, and that was it. I mounted that one quick. 
What about him? Oh, I got him with a bad girl. He liked the bad girls. And he has all these men mounted. Because we all have different lures. Verse 20, Samson said something interesting. Guys, you okay? It's a good Father's Day message, right? You guys like it? Yeah. All right. Ladies, you're good? All right. Is this helping you out too? Okay. She cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize that the Lord had left him. See, Samson breaks my heart because Samson, God warned him. God says, I, I, I set you free that time so that you will learn and repent. Repent, Samson. Stop, Samson. Samson. But Samson thought he could shake it off. See, man, be careful. See, bass do something interesting when you hook them. What do they do? Sometimes it works. They shake it off. But sometimes the hook is so set that no matter how much you shake off, it's done. And men, be careful not to have that pride of Samson. I can shake this off. It won't get me. It won't destroy me. It won't catch up to me. I won't get an STD from this. I won't lose my marriage from this. I'm not going to lose my kids from this. I'm not going to be suffering from this. I can shake it off when I want. I know it's wrong. I love it. But I'll just shake it off. It's not a problem. It's not controlling my life. It's not an addiction. I can shake it off anytime. But what do you do, man, when you try to shake it off, but it doesn't shake off? What do you do when you realize you're hooked? And you're hooked on that anger. And you're hooked on that pornography. And you're hooked on that alcohol. And you're hooked on that depression. And you're hooked on that lust. And you said, God, I can't shake this anymore. It's stuck on me. That's what happened to Samson. Stop thinking you're so strong you can shake it off. And as we close, men, God has given you strength to overcome the enemy, but you can't overcome the enemy if you're in love with him. You gotta hate it. You cannot wage war with some sin that you're in love with. And some of the best advice the Bible offers is in Proverbs 31.3. This is wisdom for men. Do not waste your strength on women. On those who can ruin kings. And the image of a king there is a leader, a ruler, a man of power. But God said, all it takes is a woman to ruin it. And men, maybe you're here today. And men, listen. Women have been the ruin of your life. But in the scriptures, a woman Sometimes in the Bible, a woman refers to an actual woman. And maybe, men, that's you tonight. There's a woman you know can ruin you. But there you are, still flirting. Still dating. But I love her, Pastor. Doesn't mean it's right. In the Bible, a woman was also in the book of Proverbs, symbolic to sin 
The Bible says there was a young man walking down the street and a woman called out to him to come, come over and lay with me. My husband is away. It was an imagery of sin because sin calls out to you and says, don't worry, come in. There's no consequences. Everything's ready. Just come and have fun. And the Bible says, but this young man was a fool because he didn't know that in the end she bit him like a serpent and destroyed him. See, sin has a way like a woman of being soft in the lips and calling your name and you think that the consequences aren't there. But see, you're giving your strength to the woman called sin. You're giving your strength to a woman called lust. Your woman might be behind the phone screen or a TV screen or a computer screen. Your woman might be a sin that you commit in private, but you think no one's going to find out. But you'll be surprised how many men, the women, are calling out to them in sin. And you're giving your strength to them. It could be your ruin. And not all women are bad. Proverbs 31, it says, do not give your strength to a woman. We're not, don't go after church. Get away from me, Pastor David says you're evil. I always knew it. No. Because Proverbs 31, the same exact chapter says this in verse 10 and 11. Ladies, this is your part. Listen up. Proverbs 31, 10. I'll read it. Proverbs 31, not for you. Proverbs 31, 10. Same chapter. The Word of God says, Who can find a virtuous, notice, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? No one in Miami. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> who can find a virtuous and capable wife? Men, if you have found that, notice what the Bible says. Because ladies, you can be virtuous. And a capable wife. She is more precious than rubies. I'll pause that verse because I wonder what if Samson would have taken mom and dad's advice and married a girl from Israel. How different would his life have been? But he chose ruin over righteousness. He chose, he chose lust over serving God. Who can find a virtuous woman, a capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. So men, a good woman is a treasure from God. And like every treasure, you cherish it. You don't talk back to it. You don't speak down to it. You don't treat it. You don't take it for granted. If God has blessed you with a great woman, you better treat her like the treasure she is. I got you, ladies. Her husband can trust her. Now, we have men today with their wives and their girlfriends. Let me see your phone. What you got? Who you talking to? What you when you have a virtuous woman, you can say, I know she's serving. You can trust her. She will greatly enrich his life. A virtuous woman makes you have a better life with the Lord. The rest of the chapter talks about she cooks, she cleans, she sews, she does all. We can't. We're asking for too much. And we're just asking for a virtuous woman. See, ladies. Let me go on this side. Can I go on this side? Ladies, there's a battle that these men are going through. The battle is real. And you are called to be a virtuous woman. A woman that he can trust will be there. A woman that will love him. Samson's downfall was in Judges 16, 16. Ladies, pay attention. Because yes, women are the treasure. Women are beautiful. Women are to be careful. And, and all the women are like, amen, preaching. But, but notice what happened to Samson's downfall. She tormented him with her nagging, 
day after day until he was sick to death of it. Women, nag too much today. And you don't realize that nagging can make your husband or your man sick to death. Samson's downfall started with a, the devil said, I'm going to put not only a woman in his life to destroy him, I'm going to put a nagging woman. And I got to be careful how I'm saying this today. I love you. But if you have a good man in your life, would you choose your battles and stop nagging? So what? He left shoes on the floor this morning by the hallway, babe. I'm sorry. So what? He forgot to take out the trash. I'm sorry. Forgot to flush this morning. I'm sorry. But no one wants to come home to a woman that everything is wrong. Everything is a problem. Yeah, and, I, and, and nagging all the time. And that's why I'm sick to death of this. Guys, just chain me up and pluck my eyes out. It's better than being with her. Let's all stand to our feet. Happy Father's Day to everyone here today. Judges 16.28, Samson bit the lure. Woman was nagging at home. He was tired of it, wanted an escape. He was a mess. He was in chains. The enemy was laughing. I love how the story ends. Samson prayed. Samson prayed. Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Some of you men have to say that to God. Say, hey, God, remember me. It's been a while. God, remember me. It's been a while since we talked. I know I've been busy, God. I know I've been distracted. I know I've been loving what's wrong. Lord, remember me. Remember me, Lord. Again. Oh, God, please strengthen me. Just one more time. Samson said, Lord, if you give me the strength one more time, it will be the last time. I'm done with this. And the Lord gave him strength again. Can we give God praise for that today? The Lord, the Lord didn't say, listen, Samson, I would have given you strength the first time. You were with that prostitute. I would have maybe given you strength the second time you were married that woman. Samson, you married her. Samson, I would have given you strength, but no, no, not with Delilah. That was too much. He said, Lord, give me strength one more time. And just like that, the Lord gave him strength. He brought the whole house down, tore up the pillars, the whole house came falling on all the Philistines and everyone was destroyed. And everyone always focuses, oh, but he died himself. And no, no, listen. He finished what God had called him to do. He destroyed the Philistines. And in Hebrews 11, he's even listed as a man of faith, a hero of faith. So men, my takeaway from all of this today, stop playing games with God. Ask him to give you the strength one more time, once and for all, to defeat your Delilah, to defeat your enemy, to defeat the very thing that is oppressing you, and say, Lord, I'm sorry for loving it. Now, man, sit down for a second. Ladies, would you make your way across your room today? If it's your husband, find him. If it's not your husband, if you're here alone, whatever, find someone in the corner. Find someone across the room. But can we pray for our men? Usually we do this in the altar, but I want all the ladies to come here. Find your father, find your boyfriend, find your friend. Find Maybe he's single. This is your time. Go over there and put your arm on him. Go ahead. You know, go around there. Go around there. All the men here today. Would you really put your hand on them today? No, you, I'm your man. Come up here. What you doing with another man? What you doing with another man? Thomas? That's your type? <laughs> I'm 
Come on, put your arm around your neck. Ladies, would you bow your hands and pray over this person for a minute? 30 seconds. Pray privately. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this Father's Day. Father, today was a day you impressed on you to preach to the men, not just the fathers. It's a battle. We battle with our eyes. That's why the enemy took our eyes. And maybe today the enemy has your eyes. And there's lust in your room. The enemy has you in chains because there's bondage in your the enemy has you naked and ashamed because there's shame in the room. Father, maybe there are husbands here who have not treated their wives like the treasures that they are. In Jesus' name, give us strength, Lord, one more time to defeat the enemy that we love, the enemy that we're in bed with, the enemy that we make excuses for. Forgive us for loving what you hate and want to destroy in our lives. Father, I pray for the women in this church that have these men. Give them the strength, Lord, they need to be a strong husband, to be a strong man. Forgive the nagging. Forgive the ungratefulness that all of us have towards our partners, our spouses, our friends, our churchmen. Father, give us strength one more time. Come on, church men, say it one more time. One more time. In Jesus' name, destroy the enemy. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise today. Come on, amen, amen. You guys can have a seat right where you are. Right where you are, right where you are. Sit next to that person. Come on, come on. It's all stay in one room. It's okay. It's okay. All right. God bless you. I hope you guys enjoyed that Father's Day message today. And I hope you appreciate it. Maybe, I don't know, I, I didn't just want to preach to the fathers today. Are you guys glad we went that direction today and said, hey, I'm preaching to the men today? Men, are you grateful today? Amen. Amen. Come on, give it up for the men today. Amen. Now let's all stand to our feet as we dismiss this morning. You guys enjoy the rest of your Father's Day. Remember that today is a day that the Lord has blessed us with fathers to remember. And maybe you've lost your father. Maybe you've had a bad father. Maybe you've had no father. But the Bible says he's a father to the fatherless. So right now you're here today in this church service and the message was for you because he's letting you know maybe you did not have a strong man in your life, but you can still become one in Jesus' name. Let's get our manhood back. Amen. Amen. Come on.